Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> since a House committee approved legislation that would study slavery reparations for black Americans. H.R. 40 would create a panel that would examine lasting effects of slavery and discrimination in the U.S. The committee would also be tasked with recommending ways to make amends. That includes paying reparations to the descendants of people who were enslaved. But the bill has yet to be brought forth for a full vote in the chamber. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas is the lead sponsor of HR 40. She joins me now for more. Congresswoman Lee, first of all, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Now let's talk about reparations yeah, and why they are necessary. Of course, um, who would benefit from this bill? Is it all black Americans, only people who can prove that they are descendants of enslaved people? Because of course, looking back at history, I mean, discriminatory policies from Jim Crow uh, to redlining aren't really looking at your family tree as much as the color of your skin. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And your questions are extremely important because it gives me an opportunity to clarify what HR 40 is. H.R. 40 is the commission to study slavery that has not been done and to develop reparation proposals. Uh, it does not give answers before the commission is set up. And that's why I think it's so very important for the American people to understand that this commission brings about restoration and healing. I hope you caught what she said there. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get any answers. We're not going to tell you what's actually in the bill or what we're considering in the bill until we actually do some studies on it and then we'll let you know so it's still an unknown up to this point not to mention i don't know about you but nothing makes you feel better you know when you're really hurt the only thing that can make me feel better is a couple franklins in my hand you know that's the only way i'm feeling any better just give me some money and all of a sudden all those deep wounds i'm totally healed i feel a thousand times better or however much you want to give me maybe it's two thousand three thousand times better because i got paid it's all so dumb a University of Chicago student organization is demanding that the administration pay over $1 billion in reparations to the city's south side. In an op-ed on February 9th, the Chicago Maroon, U Chicago Against Displacement, argued that the University of Chicago should pay over $1, million, $1 billion excuse me, dollars in reparations to the city's south side over the next 20 years arguing that it will protect Southsiders from displacement. <laughs> it's amazing that nobody sees what I see. I would consider it the truth. How many people on the South Side, do you think, have provable lineage to slavery? More than that, how many black families on the South Side do you think could have potentially owned slaves themselves do you think that it's fair that a university pays these people uh over a billion dollars during the next 20 years 
What did the university do to them directly? Did the university have slaves? I don't know. I'm asking a question. I didn't look into it. I think it's ridiculous anyway, so I don't, I don't, I'm not going to waste my time looking into whether or not the University of Chicago owned slaves. I'm, I have no idea. Uh, theoretically, it's up north. You know, if you look at the way things were back then, probably not. I don't know. Who knows? The point is, we're going to pay people over a billion dollars, specifically only in the south side, because that's the only way to make sure there's no displacement. That's the only way to take care of them, to make them feel better because of what happened in the 1800s. Okay. Slavery has been abolished since 1865. Let's get crazy now. If you were born in 1864, which means you would have no memory of being a slave. If you are still alive today, you're an anomaly because you're over 100 and what, 50 years old? <laughs> a little more. Uh, it would be amazing. You'd be the oldest living person on the planet. You would be considered Methuselah at that time. It doesn't make sense. Reparations don't make sense, period. Uh, in the past, I've said this, and I, I sometimes I repeat myself, but sometimes you got to repeat yourself to drive home a point. How many black people own slaves? Because not only white people own slaves, black people own slaves too. You have to prove that you have lineage to slave, not every, slavery. Not every black person in the United States have lineage to slavery because they have come from all over the world over the course of the last, I don't know, 200 years to be an American, but it doesn't mean that you were in bondage at any particular time. You could have come over here as a free person. But, you know, the people that more than likely remember anything are people that remember segregation. They're still around, and they, they remember those times, and they were hard, and I would like to think that knowing where they are now from where they were then, they probably look at the majority of people that are crying now and just shake their heads and say, like, you have no idea because it was bad back then, now give me a break. Okay, you have black everything. The black president, black governors, black mayors, black police officers, black police chiefs. You have black people all everywhere. The the music industry, the majority is black. The uh, any sports, minus say let's say hockey or golf, the majority of people are black. One of the greatest golfers is black. I mean, come on. <laughs> With all this, all right, that's the whole racial issue. But the reparations thing, going back to it, you don't know how many blacks have owned blacks, so how are you going to pay them? People that can prove lineage, okay, who pays for it? If it comes out of tax dollars, even black people are, play, are paying other black people. Then how, if you really want to break it down, how is it fair to anybody? How about Chinese people that came over here? They never owned a slave. Why are they paying taxes for it? I never owned a slave. My family never owned a slave. We didn't come over until the early 1900s, 1903 to be exact. We didn't, we didn't own any slaves. Why am I paying for it? How about black people that didn't own any slaves? Why are they paying for it? Most Hispanics, they didn't own any slaves. Why are they paying for it? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So all of this nonsense with reparations really needs to stop. I mean, it's just as simple as that. There's no good way to do this. I don't care what studies you have, and I don't understand why we're holding on so dearly to something that was over 150 years ago. It was a dark time in our past. We have acknowledged it. It was fixed. In 1865, slavery was abolished. 
No more slaves. So what? why now this massive push for reparations? Why now? Nobody living today was ever a slave. I would say there are very few at best that could even tell you a story of my grandfather was a slave and he told me these stories. I mean, we're getting to a point where we are so far removed from that that it is... It is just a part of history that needs to be taught, needs to be understood. We never want to go back to that place, but we made our mistake in the past. We've corrected it, and now everything's as fair as it can get. What's more fair than just being equal? What's more fair than having the same opportunity that all of us have? You know, every single ethnic group could point out something in history to complain enough about to try to get something for what happened to them. There was a big massacre in Louisiana of the Italians when they first came over. If you're an Italian-American, if you don't know about it, look it up. If you do know about it, you know what I'm talking about. We We could all say, hey, we should get reparations because when we first came over, we were slaughtered. Nobody's calling for that. Nobody's crying about it. And if you go really deep into history, at one point in time, There was, I would say, almost every single group has been in some type of bondage or slavery at one particular time in history, whether you're white, black, and everything in between. This entire argument for reparations is nonsense, and truly, it does need to stop. All right, Uh, Biden's economy, it drags the U.S. to an all-time low in the Heritage Freedom Rating Index. Uh, On Fox Business, the U.S. economy under Biden plunged to an all-time low, according to the Heritage Foundation Annual Index of Economic Freedom. This year's Index of Economic Freedom paints a disturbing picture, both at home and abroad. Heritage President Kevin Roberts said in the report, A decline of America's economic freedom is serious cause for alarm and has real and tangible consequences for all Americans, especially low-income families and the working class. A U.S. report determined the U.S. fell 2.7 points from 2021's Index of Economic Freedom to a record low of 72.1. According to the data released on Monday, the U.S. also fell to its lowest ranking globally from the 20th spot in last year's rating to 25th in 2022. The index that was launched in 1995 evaluates countries on rule of law, government size, regulatory efficiencies, and open markets, while also examining specific categories such as property rights, judicial effectiveness, government integrity, and tax burden. Americans are currently dealing with 40-year highs in inflation with the consumer price index uh, raising 7.5% in January of this year compared to the same month in 2021. Biden's first year in office also saw a supply chain crisis, U.S. consumers' confidence plunging to an 11-year low, industries rocked by vaccine and mask mandates, and the U.S. national debt notching a new record when it surpassed $30 trillion. Aren't you so glad that Joe Biden is in the White House. Doesn't it just give you the warm and fuzzies knowing that America is slowly but surely slipping into the abyss? We are, as I said yesterday, no longer or we are losing the title of superpower in the world and China is definitely picking up where we're leaving off. 
They're going to be the top dogs, and we are going to be beneath them. I don't know about you. That is alarming to me. The reason Joe Biden's economy is the way it is is because of his policies and reckless spending. So, I mean, who could imagine that we are $30 trillion in debt? You know, I'm old enough to remember that when Obama proposed spending 800 or 900 billion dollars we all freaked out because nobody has ever spent that much money in history and it was red alert time everybody was panicking and freaking out you can't spend that much money are you insane especially anybody that's conservative or anybody that doesn't like big government. It was just too much money being spent on governmental programs and it was just making the government into the big fat cat that it is today. Well, now we're at a point where that was shocking years ago. We're at a point where when they propose four or five trillion dollars, they have warped your mind enough to just think, oh my God, here they go again, spending that money. But it's not, there's no shock value left. There's no concern. It's just like, oh, yeah. It's got. It's even got to the point where most people are like, oh, whatever with the national debt. National debt's a big problem. And you can't keep recklessly spending and not expect any consequences for it. Our inflation is the consequences for how they are spending. The reason you are feeling the squeeze and feeling the pain is because of their reckless policy, spending money on nonsense that we don't need to be spending money on. We need to be more fiscally responsible with our money. This is taxpayer dollars. We are the ones that are putting the money into the government. The deficit is because they are not managing your taxes correctly. The only way that they can get out of this mess is to raise taxes and lower spending. And believe me, the Democrats, if given a chance, will do exactly that. You know, I don't even know sometimes how America got this way. Everybody was complaining about Trump. The news media bamboozled you. They lied to you every day about this man. All they did, that's all they attacked. They attacked him as a person. They painted him out to be this villain. They painted him out to be something that he absolutely is not. They made it look like every decision he made was wrong or that he was ignorant and didn't know what he was doing. But yet, we were running like a well-oiled machine. Inflation was low. Oil was low. Gas was low. We were finally energy independent. Everywhere around the world, him being the strong leader that he was, was calm. Everything was running good, but the media was attacking it. I mean, we're at a point now where everything is going wrong and the media is not attacking it. Really pay attention to your media. The only ones that attack it are people like myself. You look around and go, how could you people not be seeing this and not be saying this? I understand places like CNN and ABC, CBS, they're all down for the cause. So they're going to do everything they can to protect that party. So they're not going to say anything negative. And sometimes just to make it look like they're fair and balanced, they may take a little tiny cheap shot at something and then sweep it under the rug 12 seconds later. And that's that. America is this way because of mainstream media. Mainstream media is the reason we are in the position we are in because had they reported things fair and balanced as they should, everybody would know that Trump actually did a good job as a president. You just may not have liked his style. But right now, you guys all supposedly, not I mean, probably not the people listening to me, but uh, leftists, yeah, supposedly you like Joe Biden's style, but you hate his policies, which is worse. 
Joe Biden's policies are killing all of us right now. But you like him as a person, supposedly. Whereas Trump, you didn't like him as a person because he's mouthy, says what he wants to say. But his policies were better for your personal life. They were better for the country. That's the trade-off you made. And it doesn't make sense to me. I know we got here because of media. Media is, I think that media is dying slowly but surely. I think people like myself are becoming media. Real journalists are leaving these big fat media outlets and they're going to smaller places. If I got to a point where I would hire some journalists myself to go out and do their own work, they would work for people like myself because they can report real news, what they find out. If I was a journalist, that's what I'd want to do. I wouldn't want you to tell me what I can and can't say, what I can and can't report on. I'd want to go chase the stories down and find out everything that I can about them and report it back. Isn't that the fun of being a journalist? Like you're really digging in there. It's almost like you're an FBI agent. You're getting everything that you can, making contacts with people, finding out stuff on the sly, on the low, low. Oh, this is coming or that's coming. And I can't say who my source is. It's probably exciting, or at least it used to be. Now it's, you're going to do this, you're going to say this, you're going to do that, you're going to go here, you're going to go there, and that's it. You don't get to chase the story yourself. Media is dying, and it needs to, because media tricked people into believing that Trump was so bad that they actually voted him out. And now you got this sleepy, creepy idiot that's destroying everything because they made them believe he was so good, and now look at us here in the United States. It just... It's, I don't know how we got to this point. People, please pay attention. Stop listening to everything that these news outlets say. Stop listening to both sides. Look it up for yourself. Find it for yourself. Not on Google. You might want to go with DuckDuckGo. (laughs) You'd be surprised. You download DuckDuckGo, you'd be surprised. Go on Google. When you look something up, see what comes up. Go on DuckDuckGo and see what comes up. It's amazing what the difference is. You get some of the same stuff, but DuckDuckGo is probably going to give you what you're actually looking for, where Google's going to steer you where they want you to go. I'm just saying. Now, Virginia. Virginia is uh, here. (laughs) This is a pretty big story, and I'm surprised that I'm the one bringing it to you, and it's not being said on mainstream media. Virginia school district seeks social media surveillance system to combat hate speech. This is a good one. Pay attention now. According to the documents obtained by Parents Defending Education, FCPS is looking to set aside $200,000 for surveillance that will monitor social media threats, harassment, hate speech, and bullying by way of active listening, deep and dark web sources not visible through traditional search engines, and open surveillance intelligence according to the request for proposal. Using these tools, FCPS will begin data collection to classify aliases, usernames, emails, websites, etc., and visually identify relationships and connections between persons in order to detect, help, and deter any negative actions or consequences coming from social media, which may be directed to racial groups or any uh, student, excuse me, student or teacher within FCPS. The surveillance system will also save search queries and set alerts for active listening and also set no limits on searches or the amount of data that is collected that can be stored. 
The move comes after embattled FCPS has faced significant criticism online for several actions, including supporting pornographic and pedophilic material for students to view and playing privileged bingo in which they classify being a military kid as possessing privilege. According to PDEFCPS, tracked comments criticized the privileged bingo card and posted comments about the criticism as a reply to tweets. FCPS parents say this amounts to a significant First Amendment violation, especially since harassment, hate speech, and bullying are not defined by school districts. I'll go further than that. Who gets to say and classify what hate speech is? The problem with censorship is that you have somebody who's going to have a political agenda that will say that that's harassment, that's hate speech, that's racially motivated because it's the way they see it. It's how they perceive it. Doesn't mean that it is actually what they say it is, but that's how they see it. Another huge problem with that is you are collecting data on these people. What gives you the right to collect data on children and parents because you don't like them, because they're calling you out for the things that you are doing, because they're paying attention to what you're teaching their kids, because they don't want you indoctrinating their kids. Now, all of a sudden, they're the enemy, and it's okay to to spy on American citizens because that's what you're doing. They're going to go out of their way to figure out what usernames are linked to what kids or what parents. They're going to spend money to spy on you and find out who you are and watch everything that you do. This is beyond dangerous. I don't this cannot be legal. It just can't be. You are not allowed to spy on people. You know what? The school wouldn't even have to spy on anybody if you guys would stop playing all these stupid games and doing your woke political nonsense and just focus on teaching some kids the right stuff. Teach them some real history, not the history that you think it should be. Not the 1619 Project nonsense that's all a fairy tale. Very dangerous. Spying on American citizens. Where do these people in the school board get off thinking that they're allowed to do this? That they're allowed to run your life? That they're allowed to call you out? That they're allowed to say that... Because you don't like CRT or you say something negative about CRT, they're going to have somebody say that that's considered hate speech. This needs to be nipped in the bud because if it does not, if it is not, it's going to spread across the country. This will just be the beginning. You know, there's a lot of people that don't want their name out there. There's a lot of people that they're worried about the repercussion. So they're scared to put their full name out there, but they still want to have some type of a voice. So they use usernames. Big deal. And I'm sure what they're saying is not what they're being accused of saying. The majority of them, I'm sure, are saying things that the left, or the leftists that are obviously on that school board don't agree with, so they want to try to stop them and silence them. I really hope that they push hard enough Somebody brings a lawsuit against them. You're not allowed to spy on people. You shouldn't be able to dig that much information and mine people's information like that. And a school board has no reason to do that. They have no place to do that. You are not elected politicians. You're a school board. Why don't you focus on school and stop worrying about what people are doing outside of school? My God, it's all so dumb.
All right. Sorry, I got a little tyrant there. I, that one worries me. I don't, I don't like what I see right there, and I hope something is done. I'm going to try to follow through with this. Hope something is done about it to stop that. I don't like the idea of being, surve- you know, being surveilled by anybody. Nobody should have that. It's freedom of speech. You say what you want. Who gets to deem what speech is? You don't get that privilege to say what hate speech is. I could say anything is hate speech. You put me in there, I could say, if you say the sun, it's hate speech. Why? Because it's bright. And it's because it's bright, it's, it's, it's like white. And since it's like white, you must be a white supremacist. I mean, that's how stupid it is. I, I don't, you don't need people telling you what hate speech is. It's not defined in the Constitution. Freedom of speech is freedom of speech. Whether you like what somebody says or not, they're allowed to say it. Oh. Anyways. All right, well, that was Tuesday's episode. I hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, uh, please rate and review me. If you'd like to follow me on my social media, uh, Twitter at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. Gab or Parlor, I'm at The Real Little Joe. Cloud Hub, I'm at Little Joe CC. Rumble. Little Joe's Conservative Corner, YouTube, Little Joe CC. And if you'd like to contact me, littlejoecc.com, go to the contact section. Beyond that, I hope you have a wonderful Tuesday. We will do it again tomorrow.